Hi, friends. Hello, and welcome uh, to the Yours Truly podcast, what is now episode 15. I am your host, Claire Tuning, registered dietitian, registered yoga teacher, food humor enthusiast, all of the above. Um, and this is a platform where we go beyond macros and the typical diets to talk about nutrition and life in a more gentle way. So this is nutrition that nourishes your mind, your body, and your spirit and allows you to live a little bit more gently and kindly with yourself. So today, I I have another super fun and special guest who I will allow to introduce herself fully. Um, but first of all, I'll tell you her name is Laura, um, and she is super, super cool. I ran across her her account on social media um, a few weeks ago at this point, and uh, we'll get into this later, but I was actually told um, about her a while ago um, at a mastermind event that I went to in Vegas, and in the moment, I like forgot her name. I was like, oh no, but I ran across her very recently, <laughs> and I, I found her and I was like, I don't think I've ever, ever like felt so spiritually connected to another human being that I've never met. Like she's goofy, she's funny, and her message related to nutrition really relates to mine. But um, what I do know about her is she is a nutrition coach. She works with women um, who, like like I believe, that there's they know that there's more to being happy than you know just fitting into a certain size and being skinny. And um, she has coined the phrase um, "the have it all life." So works with women who want to have it all. So first of all. Welcome, Laura Poberin. Thank you so much for being here. Um, if you want to introduce yourself in a more correct or better way than what I just did, feel free to jump in. No, you did awesome. That was it. Yeah, I, I specialize with working with women. I do work with a handful of men as, as well because, you know, everybody wants to have it all. Um, but I'd say probably 98% of my clientele is female-based. And, you know, it hasn't I've always coached in the same way, but I never really put it together into a neat little package until over the last year when I coined the have it all life. Um, because that's just kind of how my coaching evolved. And I realized one day that it's so much more than just food and it's so much more than just nutrition. You know, it's, it's your life, it's your mindset, it's the balance you create, it's the happiness you you create within that life um, as you're crossing that finish line towards the goal that you're trying to achieve. And um, I try and just really bring that out in everybody that I work with and show them that it's not about being skinny and it's not about a dress size and it's not about the scale. And that's why I love your message so much because I agree, I love that you said you connected with my page and my message because I felt the exact same way. You honestly make me laugh every time you post. I'm like, I wish I was as witty as she is. (laughs) So yeah, that's me in a nutshell, but, um, I, I do coach very similar to you. I feel as well. We have similar messages, so I can't wait to jump in. Yeah. And I I love how you, you phrased, um, it wasn't until recently that you kind of put it into a package or you kind of, um, coined this term or this phrase that you go under that I really love because when I think about, um, I ask a lot of my clients when I first start working with them, like, you know, what is your definition of health or when you see yourself as your healthiest self, um, in the future, you know, describe that to me, tell me about that. And, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes like there will always be something about food. Sometimes 
there is something about weight, but the overarching message is 98% of the time, like I want to feel more confident. You know, I want to, um, look in the mirror and love myself, not just for what I look like, but what I can do, or I want to have better relationships with my partner and my friends, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of the words, like have it all, um, that's what I think of. It's not just about the food. A hundred percent. The confidence piece is so huge. I would have to agree with you completely on that. I think I could just put an overarching, if I could put an overarching word across every client consultation that I have that pops out, it's, it's confidence. It is. And that's because we work with women, I think especially, but men as well. And I'd love to jump into that. Um, Women just they crave feeling confident. And I feel like that really stems from the culture of today because we're made to feel less than in so many ways, but especially just through social media, I find. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like there's such a standard we're all trying to live up to. And it's not even one that's based in reality, you know? So confidence, I feel, is so rooted in just trying to figure out who you really are. And confidence is different for everybody. You know, certain people are going to need different things in their life to feel confident than others. But I feel like we have this, this notion of what confidence looks like based on all of the women just crushing it on social media and mm-hmm. great kudos to them. But I don't believe that that's what confidence truly looks like for everybody, you know? So I think just helping people redefine what it even is for them. Yeah. And I think it's such an important piece to include in coaching, um, because it fits with the food message. It fits with, uh, loving your body, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, I think sometimes it takes someone outside of you, um, to point out like, you know, you don't have to live up to that standard Mm -hmm. or here's why you're already worth it or already worthy. Um, one thing that I love since you touched on social media, um, one message that I always keep in my brain, and I don't remember where I heard this, but you know, I'm sure you can resonate with this, but I, I know myself being on social media a lot, like my business is there. Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes fall victim to everything that we're saying. Like I, oh, yeah. I have to live up to what this person's doing or like, Oh my God, like how are they being so successful? I'm having a really down day. It's yeah. all things, but something that I like to keep in my head is this phrase that's, you know, don't, um, I'm going to butcher it, but don't <laughs> measure yourself based on what other people put on social media because no one is posting their failures anyways. Right. Um, and that the highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> literally Instagram coined the term for us, the highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so true. But yet I need, I, I feel like that's just human nature, you know, and we, we can coach these things, but we're humans too. And I, I love that you're so real on your social media about these topics as I try to be, because it's like, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I know what you're feeling because I do the exact same thing. You know, we are human, we're women. We, this is just how we are. And, but that doesn't need to be an excuse, you know, and it doesn't have to be our reality. It can be something that happens, but it can be something that we have control and power over so that it doesn't have lasting effects on how we feel about ourselves or how we move through life on that day or, or whatever, you know, it can just be a thought that we observe and then choose to let go of. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, I talk a lot about with my clients, right? Removing the emotionality from your mm-hmm. food choices or from something that comes up, like notice it, acknowledge it, but then try to make a neutral statement um, if you can't make a positive one and then let's move on, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, social media, one of the, the main reasons, I would say the exact same for you, like you're very real there. Um, and that was why like within 0.2 seconds of finding your page and be like, oh my God, this is the girl. And then like, I was able to connect with you because the first video that I watched of yours, um, she does for anyone who hasn't checked out her Instagram, we'll talk about how you can find it later. But, um, you do these super fun, like food videos or food blogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of times when we think of food videos, what pops in my mind is like Buzzfeed, right? So right. those really perfect videos where everything just gets dumped in and there's like Tweedledum, Tweedledee music in the background. And it's like, <laughs> um, and then like, poof, these perfect muffins pop out or something like like that. Yeah. But with you, the first video that I watched of you, you were making protein muffins. If I'm oh no, I think that was my biggest fail so far. <laughs> and you just like came out and said, and you're just like so real and funny and how you did it. Be like, you know, I'm not the best baker. Like these came out really bad. <laughs> so now I'm going to make these other things that will turn out better. So it's the, those moments where you're showing like Hey, I messed up. Like I'm a human. Now I'm going to, um, make content out of it anyways. I think mm-hmm. that is what, um, can make the outsider or people who are watching our social media, hopefully be able to resonate more because they realize like, she's just a girl like me. Like mm-hmm. she's just a so, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think, you know, when we find accounts like this on social media, I really push my clients to engage with them because you know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in this idea of perfection, Mm -hmm. right? And I was, I'm really working on this still. This is a work in progress, but I was a self-proclaimed perfectionist. Like a year ago, girl, I would not post that video. No way. Cause it didn't look perfect. My makeup wasn't done. My hair was in this like weird bun thing. Right. And like, you know what? That's me on a day to day. I'm not done up, you know? So why am I so worried about showing showing up like that? Why do I have to look quote unquote perfect? And why does that muffin have to be perfect or that video isn't good? You know, it's hilarious the way it is. So, um, I just, I really, perfectionism, I feel is a huge downfall of our culture today, you know, and I, everybody self-proclaims as it, you know, but it's almost like it's a, a good thing when people are like, oh yeah, I'm a perfectionist, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, let's talk about that because, that self-proclaiming as that may be holding you back from actually achieving what you want to achieve in life, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I totally resonate with this because I think it was not yesterday, but the day before I actually put out an Instagram post and my, the first line in the caption was like, I'm a recovering keyword mm-hmm. there. Um, like self-proclaimed perfectionist, um, or like overachiever. And like you're saying, there was a point in my life, like late high school, even into late college when I kind of would pride myself on the fact that like, um, I want everything to be perfect. Like I'm going to get all the A's I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to like sleep eight hours and wake up and like have this perfect life. Right. Um, and I would love that. 
uh, you know, about myself to a point. And I was like, Claire, like, look at all that you can do and like be okay. But then there came to a point when I like started getting sick a lot. Like I would have a lot of colds and mm-hmm. I would be really fatigued. And then, you know, fast forward almost a year now, like when you own your own business, if you hold on to those perfectionist things, um, <laughs> you will <work laughs> rather than later. So there's just yes. a matter of time until you finally come to realize like, I'm imperfect and it's okay if I show that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that you do a good job of. And I know um, we both try to do with our clients as well, because I agree it's everywhere and everyone feels like they need to measure up. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think that just having that conversation with them initially is a really great starting point. And then just expanding on that from there, right. And trying to discover what their definition of perfection is. Um, you know, I love when you mentioned as you become an entrepreneur, you open your own, you start your own business. You cannot be perfect. You cannot hold on to that. Like I, I definitely hit my entrepreneurial rock bottom about a year ago and you know, I, because I could not let go of the idea of perfect, you know, I was working 15 hour a day, seven days a week. I'm not even exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still didn't feel like I was doing enough. You know, I still wasn't enough for myself. I still wasn't achieving enough in my business. And it got to the point where I was ready to walk away from it all because I was just like, I can't do it, but no shit because I wasn't giving myself praise for what I was accomplishing. I wasn't setting boundaries. I lived and breathed work, you know, and I was hanging my hat and this is the messed up part. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to do it. (laughs) This is the messed up part about it is I felt like I could hang my hat on that. Like, yep, I'm exhausted, but I'm trying to be perfect and I'm working 15 hour days and like, that's the cool thing to do. Hustle and grind hashtag, right? It's just, it's so messed up. Right. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think especially in this space of, um, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you are starting a new job, whether I don't, this could even apply to like being a mom. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been a mom, but, um, I think in a way society and social media almost, um, puts on a pedestal, not only perfectionism, but also like, you know, if you're not exhausted or like, if you're not so wiped out by your life, then you're not doing it enough. Mm -hmm. And like, you are not worthy of praise. And I love that you brought up the idea of, um, worthiness. You said the idea worthy, because this is something that, you know, I see a ton, um, is this whole idea of, you know, the fad diets and all these things that don't work in the, in the, in seeking quote unquote wellness, it all stems from a place of, um, number one, not believing that you're worthy to be happy as you are. Um, and I know you probably see this too. And I, you know, if anyone who is listening is maybe having this feeling of like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough, like Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. What would your response be to that? And maybe, um, just some words of advice to pull them out of that place. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, worthy is a word. I feel like even just in the last few weeks, this has been coming up more so than ever before. And I don't know if that's just like where all my clients are at at the same time or what, but, um, you know, just zooming out and trying to identify what it is you're measuring yourself up against, you know, like what is the standard that you're trying to compare yourself to? And, I think a lot of the time we were chasing something that we haven't even defined. 
You know, we're, we're measuring our worthiness up against something that we don't even know. You know, it's just this idea floating out there because you, you see all of these things on social media, all of these amazing, beautiful women, you know, on the news, on TV, all, all around you in your life. And you make assumptions about them, you know, and we forget that even though on social media, these people that we're measuring ourselves up against, we're measuring our worthiness up against look perfect. They're a thousand percent not, you know, and they have their own struggles and they have their own battles. And just because they're beautiful and they have a perfect ass or whatever, Mm -hmm. doesn't make them any more worthy to be happy than you are, you know? And so I think the first step what, what I would suggest doing is let's zoom out for a minute. Okay. Like picture your life six months from now, let's just say you called me up and you're so excited about where you're at. What does that, what does that world look like to you? What does that feel like? Who's around you? What are you doing? What have you accomplished? You know, and I guarantee that the perfection of your ass is not going to be within that vision. You know, it's just, we, we get so hung up on the tangibles that we forget that we only have one life to live and how you feel in that life means so much more than trying to compare yourself to some standard that's not even achievable, you know, and then measuring your worthiness up against that just feels counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but we just, we lose sight of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think first just zooming out and redefining what is happy for you? What does that look like? And what does that feel like? Who are you with and what are you doing? You know, and then, and then from there, are you worthy of that? You know, are you worthy of achieving that in your life? And does that have anything to do at all with what you were measuring your worthiness up against originally? Mm -hmm. Just showing them that disconnect, right? Yeah. No, I love the idea of, because I feel like in everyday life, I'm guilty of this too. We get so stuck in the everyday tendencies, you know, our routine, Mm -hmm. what we see on social media, all these tiny things that if we don't take the time, you know, take a breath, step back, like you said, like almost um, view your life like you're a passenger in an airplane and you're looking down on yourself. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. See the big picture and kind of look at what really matters, right? And kind of audit your self-talk and what you are telling yourself that matters so much on a daily basis. Um, when you get so hung up in that, zoom out and ask yourself, is this still going to matter up against my definition of happiness or mm-hmm. worthiness or whatever in 10 years? Because if yeah. the answer is no, um, I'm not saying dismiss it, but maybe let's not center our whole energy, life, and focus around that right now. So. Yeah. You came or you brought up a really good point of, you know, measuring your worthiness up against someone or someone else and, you know, something that you haven't even defined yet. Um, So how would you kind of talk someone through if they're coming to you and they're like, Laura, and you know, this may be some listeners right now, like, you know, I'm comparing myself all the time. Um, I don't really know what my version of happy is, but I know I'm not living it. (laughs) That's the one thing Mm -hmm. I do know. Um, How would you maybe guide them or help them to define um, a better better way to look at their life or um, decide what's important to them or what their happy is? Well, I mean, I'm going to go to your first point in that you said, you know, they've come to me and they're constantly comparing themselves to others first, right? 
what I do with almost all of my clients, depending on where they're at, but I do this myself sometimes because I get caught in this loop too. We all do, right? We've already said that. Um, audit your social media and delete all of the accounts that make you feel bad about yourself or make your, yourself feel like you aren't worthy. You know, just delete them. Mm-hmm. Because you're not getting anything positive from it anyways, even if they're good friends of yours, but they don't make you feel good when you, when you see what they post, I would unfollow them. You know, I would just get them out of that immediate world because we're in such a habit of just scrolling mindlessly that, that those images and that, that, um, impact is always just front and center in our lives. You know, as much as like, I would love, I would love to not have an Instagram account, you know, <laughs> that would be awesome. But that's just not the world we live in, you know? And, and so embracing it, but using it in a positive way instead of a, a self-deprecating way. Yeah. You know? And then I think from there, um, I love the use of meditation with my clients. Most of my clients I can get on board. There's a few that we use other methods because it's not really for them, but that gives them space to just find stillness um, to be alone with their thoughts without external influence, you know, mm-hmm. and to just give them time to think about and meditate on what makes me happy, what actually makes me happy. And I find a lot of my clients or just people in general, I've done this myself too. We, we identify things that would make us air quotes happy, but they're not even really things that will make us happy. It's just things that we think we should like, Mm -hmm. or things that we think is the right thing to say, you know? And it's just, we can talk about this later. This was a big piece of why we ended up closing our gym, Mm -hmm. but you know, being brave enough to say, you know what, actually this isn't the popular opinion, but this is what actually makes me happy in my life. And you may not agree with me on this, but I'm going to do this anyways, because that fulfills me. That fills up my cup, you know, and I feel really great when I do that. But if you don't ever give your space, yourself time and space to reflect on that and then to have the bravery to actually write it down or tell somebody or, you know, just go out and act on it yourself. You don't even have to announce it to anybody. It's all about you really. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you'll miss the point until you get to that place where you can just give yourself that time to reflect. Mm -hmm. No, that's powerful. I love that. There's actually a piece in my coaching. um, I kind of go off the the three. Wow. I just totally stuttered three (laughs) pillars that I've created. The last one is love fiercely. And um, this is arguably my favorite because uh, something that you just said comes into play. And I always use this term. It's like, what fills your cup? Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, you can't pour from your cup if your cup is empty. So sometimes I find this is why I'm such a big proponent of meditation as well, whether that's, you know, a silent hands on your lap meditation, humming like the typical um, picture that we have of meditation, or maybe it's a walking meditation. Maybe you Mm -hmm. listen to a podcast and maybe that's how you meditate. um, If you can't sit still, because that's me sometimes, but you really can't first of all, decide what fills your cup. If you can't become silent and listen, um, the fun fact, I actually got this from another podcast, silent and listen, those two words have the same exact letters. Um, so we literally cannot listen to our bodies and find what makes us happy. Like you were just talking about, if we can't take the time to just be quiet and be Mm -hmm. silent and listen, um, (laughs) 
And then it kind of plays into what you were saying earlier with social media. This is something that I urge all of my clients and my friends. Like a lot of the times when people are coming to um, a nutrition coach, they're like, okay, let's talk about food, right? Like let's mm-hmm. talk about physical nourishment, but what comes out in this whole, this whole topic of confidence and people pleasing and what makes you happy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I take the word nourishment that's typically associated with food or what you eat physically and expand that definition to mean nourishment is just the totality of everything that you consume. So yes, mm-hmm. it's food. Yeah, that's important. But also, you know, what social media accounts are you following? Like you just said, like, um, mm-hmm. how are you talking to yourself? What kind of music do you listen to? What do you read? Like, what do your friends say to you? All of that. Um, and it's really taking time to get silent and listen and audit that space so that you really and truly or truly for the purpose of this podcast feel, mm-hmm. um, that you're living a life of nourishment. But, One thing you touched on kind of a lot when you were speaking was this idea of, um, I call it people pleasing. Um, you were kind of saying something along the lines of like having the unpopular opinion, um, Mm -hmm. maybe even if it's in your own life. And then before we even started recording, you talked briefly about, um, a change that you're currently going through with a business endeavor. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if those three things tie together, but if you want to touch on that and expand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel I am also a recovering people pleaser, so I feel like I can speak to this so well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I feel like, and whether that's pleasing yourself to some extent or whoever's in your immediate environment, there, we all have people in our life that we want to impress. You know, we just do. We're human. We, we want to please other people inherently. You know, I feel like that's a pretty generic statement, but I feel like it's a valid one. And we sometimes forget that someone that we need to impress is also ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really good at putting ourselves on the back burner, despite what, um, what our gut is telling us, you know, and what's really important to us. And yeah, something that I've gone through recently in the last couple of months, actually, it's really new is my husband and I owned a gym for about seven years and we've been going, we had been going through some changes in the business and, you know, we were driving one day and I turned to him and I said, I'm going to say the thing that I'm not supposed to say. I don't want to own a gym anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And when you bleed and sweat and cry into a business for so many years, that's the hardest thing in the world to say. You know, it's like saying you want to drop your kid off on the side of the road, you know, but I mean, that's kind of vulgar. That's horrible. <laughs> Maybe I take that back. <laughs> I get what you mean. Like the, it the, felt weight, like a death. Yeah. the weight of it. Yeah. 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 It felt like a death, but I knew, I knew so, so strongly that what I had in my online nutrition business was what I was meant to do, you know? And I felt like this other business, we had the two going at the same time, this other business was holding me back. But the reason I couldn't let it go for so long is because we had a community there. We had so many amazing people there that I was running it for, you know, it wasn't for me anymore. It was for them. And for me to be selfish in that moment and put what 
I knew to be true to myself and what I knew I needed to do to be happy in my life ahead of hundreds of other people. That was really scary, you know? And a couple years ago, if I had been feeling the same way a couple years ago, I don't know that I would have been brave enough to do it. Um, I've done a lot of self-work in the last, especially in the last year in terms of standing in my truth and trying to understand what I need to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why my coaching has transformed so much into this direction because I've seen firsthand the impact it has. And now I just want to give that to everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. But it takes time to get to that place. You know, we we're so, so good at doing things for everybody else and putting ourselves last and, you know, to go back to a previous point earlier, we, we put that on a pedestal, you know, like we put people pleasing on a pedestal. We put perfectionism on a pedestal. Why are we doing that? Because in doing that, we are inherently putting ourselves on the lowest possible pedestal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We always put ourselves last. And so, you know, to, for you, for whoever's listening to, think, wow, I would love to be able to stand in my truth and just do what I love to do. You can, you absolutely can today. Maybe you can't, Mm -hmm. but you can start taking the steps towards it today. You know, it's not something that changes overnight and it's, it's not a mindset that comes easily to anybody. It's a conscious effort and it's a constant work in progress, even for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and I probably will be for the rest of my life because that's just inherently who I am. I want to help people, which is why I do what I do. But, you know, putting yourself first isn't selfish. It isn't selfish at all because you only have one life. And if you're living your life for only other people, then what are you doing? Yeah. You, um, you bring up a really good point there, which is what I was going to, to follow with. Um, cause I think the first time you said it was just a second ago, but I think the reason why so many people get caught up in people pleasing or thinking they have to live for other people, um, only right. Is because we see anything other than that being selfish, mm-hmm. um, like the, you know, I want to go to this personal development conference and do this. And then, you know, again, I personally don't have kids, but I've had moms who are clients come to me and be like, well, but I feel selfish taking time for myself when I have these kids, or Mm -hmm. I feel selfish when I have this husband, significant other, whoever it is, um, you know, working. And then I haven't cleaned or I haven't done this thing. And, you know, it's, they view taking time for themselves and putting their own needs first as being really selfish. And I don't know, have you ever heard of Rachel Hollis? No, I haven't. So she is taking the world by storm right now. She has a great podcast as well. She wrote the book that is all the rave here in the States, at least, Okay, um, but it's called girl wash your face. And oh, I've heard of the book. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's taking over. And, um, truthfully speaking, I have not read the book, but I listened to one of her podcasts where she was talking about this idea of people pleasing. Um, cause she like yourself, like myself, um, mm-hmm. was a, a big people pleaser and, um, something that she related it to that I really resonated with was especially being a woman, or being women, um, we are taught from a very young age, um, almost in a way to place 
our worth on how other people see us. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, you know, like when you do something good in front of your parents as a little girl, um, and maybe their friends are around and they, they're like, like, Oh, that was so good of you. Like, Oh, good job cleaning the table. So you get praise from doing this thing, um, in the presence of other people that makes you think like, Oh, I'm worthy or I'm like worthy of praise when, Mm -hmm. you know, someone views that I'm doing something good. But if I do something quote unquote bad and I don't receive that praise, um, then I did something terribly wrong. I'm not worthy of receiving that. And I think this really repeats as we go throughout life. And especially as you add social media into the mix, it's like, you know, if you're not putting out content that pleases other people, then you may not get likes or right. yeah, totally get comments. And then that further drills it into your head. Like if you have an unpopular opinion, if you say what people don't want you to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, um, because you believe it, but everybody else doesn't agree, then you're not worthy again. And I think it, um, repeats this cycle. And in your case, I can't even imagine this being in the case of having this business that you had to, to raise the opinion that was unpopular and say what you did because Mm -hmm. I, I have not owned my business for that long, but I know what I've put into it in the months that I've had it. And I can't even imagine one day having to step back and say like, this isn't making me happy. Like I don't want Mm -hmm. this anymore. I can't even imagine um, making that switch and even trying to wrap my head around that. So kudos to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it's still an emotional roller coaster, but you know, we're we're lucky because Landon and I have each other, you know, and on my good days, he has bad days. And on my bad days, he has a good day, you know? And so we support each other through it. So we're very, very fortunate. And we're also fortunate that we are so far on the same page at every step of the way, you know, it would have been a completely different story had I not wanted to run it, but he did. Right. Right. So, um, I feel blessed in that sense that we're, we've been able to move forward together and now, go all in on the online nutrition business, which has been amazing. Um, and yeah, it just, I think that goes to show that having people around you who you can be completely honest with about what you're going through or what you're thinking or what you need support with is so important in life. You know, you can't go it alone. And there was a time where I was like, I can totally do this by myself. I don't need a community. I'm good. Like I I got this. And that was so naive, you know, and it's just growing pains, right? As you move through life, you discover, no, it's actually, you do need people that you trust and love and respect a lot. Right. Yeah, no, I, I feel you there 210%. Um, <laughs> I, I always joke with my close friends, with my boyfriend. I have this saying, and I've had it for years now. I don't remember where I got it from. It's definitely not mine. Like, I didn't coin it, but I'm yeah. always like, you know, I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do what I want, right? And like, I say it to a point to be funny, um, but there does come a time when I was the same way. I was like, you know, like, I don't need a coach. Like, I don't need anyone to believe in me. Like, I'm a strong, independent woman, and I can go at this alone and be super successful and happy. But then um, you do get to a point where you realize that the community and the support and the power of having people who are on the same page with you kind of plays back into that idea of nourishment that I was talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're missing that, um, if you're missing that in a friendship and a relationship in your family, then no matter how 
quote unquote good you eat, no matter how much you work out, no matter, you know, how great of this, that, and so you are, um, you will never be truly nourished unless all of the pieces fit together. But since we're on this path, the, the trajectory of the conversation is going this way. I'm kind of realizing at the beginning of our conversation, we obviously talked about who you are, but I didn't Mm -hmm. really get a full backstory on kind of how you got into this, you know, online nutrition coaching space. And then, um, maybe a, a future question, just kind of prefacing what I, what I want to know also is having a partner or husband who's in the same space, um, how that works. So yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got into this because everyone okay. has their own unique story. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, do you know what? Um, originally, back. Oh God, I don't want to age myself. I feel really old when I tell this story. Um, back in university, I originally went to school to become an RD. And, you know, after my first year of university, I decided that it wasn't for me. Hilarious. I know. And switched gears and went into exercise physiology instead and became an exercise physiologist. We opened the gym um, and that's history. But while I was training my clients, I realized that I always studied nutrition research. I always followed nutrition blogs. I was always reading that. I wasn't reading up on training techniques. I was reading up on nutrition, you know, and just through that, I started to offer advice to my clients on nutrition. And then I got certified just with like, uh, I did precision nutrition, you know, just so I had a certification to back myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was coaching them for free for years. I would do nutrition coaching for free just because I knew how important it was to my clients to actually achieve their goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until the last couple of years when I actually started to separate those services out and started transitioning into becoming more of a quote unquote nutrition coach and less of a trainer on the floor. And, um, especially in the last six months, and I can't believe it's only been that short a period of time. I completely had moved out of the gym and transitioned fully online to nutrition coach with a small team underneath me. So I have a couple of coaches who work for me now and, um, and we're growing together, which has been amazing, but it was kind of a natural progression. And I think I always knew this was my path. You know, I obviously I went into to become a registered dietitian initially, and I don't know why that changed for me, but I don't regret anything obviously, because otherwise we probably wouldn't have opened the gym and and all the rest of it. Right. So anywho, everything works out the way it's supposed to, but, um, Landon, while I was going to university was running a completely different business. He was doing online web design, marketing, all the rest of it. So he's super nerd and handles all of the techie stuff that I have no clue about. It drives him absolutely bonkers. But, um, when I started to train after university, he, he was similar to me in that when he was running his marketing business, he was reading research on training and that was, has always been his passion. And he always envisioned opening a gym. So as I finished university, he decided to make that career switch at that time and um, we, we worked for someone else together for a little while and then decided to do our own thing and opened like his teeny tiny studio. It was so teeny. It was so great. Um, had like this close knit little family of community and it was just so wonderful and um, grew that for years until we decided to expand. And um, we had only been in our new location for a year before we decided to close it, you know, and it's just things change really fast. Yeah. And, you know, 
if my eyes were open, I probably would have seen the change coming, but you're just so engulfed in growing and growing and growing and growing, you know, and building things bigger and better and doing more. And I think that's where I've really come to appreciate stillness Mm -hmm. and reflection and giving myself space to try and understand what's important to me today, you know, because it's so easy just to get caught up in expectations of others, expectations of yourself, previous goals that you had that should no longer be your goals, but they still are for some reason because you haven't readdressed them, you know? And um, now we're working online together, but I get this question a lot. How is it to work with your your spouse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, oh my God, I could never do it. Um, Very, very honestly, Claire, I don't even see him. We, we were, we have a wall between us. I'm in my office right now. He's in his right across the wall from me. And we just like, we know our roles. We, we, we move through our day and we know our roles and we kind of like pass each other on the way to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) or like meet downstairs for a quick snack or whatever. But we're so focused on what we're doing when we're working that we don't even interact. Like very honestly, we email each other. awful. I know. But like that every entrepreneur out there is probably like nodding their head right now because that's just how it is. And, um, so we set aside very specific date nights and times for us to unplug. We're trying to set like shutdown times or otherwise we'll just work for 12 to 15 hours and not even bad enough at it. Right. So we, we try and prioritize that time in the evening together. Um, but it's a work in progress, you know, it's very easy for us both because we're so entrepreneurial minded. It's easy for us just to lose sight of that and just to work. Right. But when you zoom out and you look at what, what's going to make us happy, it was a big reason why we closed the gym was we wanted more time. You know, we wanted more time together. We wanted more time to explore the world. We wanted more time to not feel stressed 24 seven, you know, and just like enjoy what we've built And so to jump from one business to the other and do the exact same thing is crazy. So setting boundaries is a really big focus for us right now. But, but yeah, we just like totally don't even see each other. It's hilarious. Stay in my little bubble. You heard it here first, folks. Um, The first couple to ever email each other from the (laughs) room. (laughs) You heard it first on the Yours Julie podcast. I think that is hilarious um, because if I'm imagining myself, like I'm, I'm, I'm not married, but I can imagine like working. My my parents have owned businesses and they've always worked together, but I could always imagine working with your spouse going one of two ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, One way would be the way in which you described that it's good and you're both so driven um, and you know what your tasks are. You kind of stay in your lane and then you come together um, at the end of the night and you're like a married couple, right? Like mm-hmm. you go on dates, et cetera, et cetera, things that married people do. And that I imagine the flip side of that coin to be um, like totally yeah. butting heads, like no <laughs> separation of um, work and home mm-hmm. and, you know, a really negative side of the coin. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm glad you guys have worked that out, but you touched on something that I think is super important, whether it's in business owning entrepreneurship or just like anyone going through a health and wellness journey. And that's the idea of adaptability and kind of, um, again, back to like our very first, um, the first words that came out of our mouth almost, we were talking about viewing your life from that like 10,000 foot view, um, and a way to kind of step back and look at your goals and maybe redefine them and see like, is this goal that I had six months ago, uh, is that still making me happy or is that still putting me in the place 
that I want to be at or where I want to go. Um, because I think when it comes to owning your own business, or like I said, or just being a, a healthy individual who's working on wellness, you have to be able to adapt and know that you are always going to be changing. And that's not bad. That's mm-hmm. not something um, to shy away from. That's just going to happen. But how can you address that um, in a way that you don't beat yourself down for changing or wanting something different, you know? Um, yeah. Um, so is that something that you see a lot with your clients? Um, do you do like a, like a business mentorship as well with nutrition coaching? Yeah, I do work with a handful of other nutrition coaches and help them define their goals and move through building out their systems and, you know, just helping them become a better nutrition coach, you know, right. from many different angles. Anywho. Um, but yes, I feel like a big piece of that for my mentorship clients, but also for my nutrition clients is revisiting goals often. And this is something that I didn't do until just about a year ago. Like I set goals, but they were never really tangible. I never had action steps associated with them. It was just like, yeah, this would be cool to achieve one day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I now revisit my goals weekly and assess, okay, is this still feeling good to me? Is this still the direction I'm going? Because very truly, things change so fast, especially in business. And I feel like what was one your goal a month ago may no longer be one, or it may have changed a little bit, and that's okay. And you know, I think just getting to the place where you can step back and be like, I'm going to remain flexible, and I'm going to accept and I don't know if you believe in this, but I totally do. I'm going to accept what the universe is bringing to me. And I'm going to accept what my path is becoming and morphing into. And by remaining flexible and open to opportunities, I feel like you face a lot less resistance. And I feel like you recognize opportunity when it's presented to you, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, whether it be that in a person or a relationship you need to build with somebody or in a weight loss perspective, perhaps it's, you know, a support system that you didn't even know you had because you were closed off to the idea of a support system, you know? And I think it's just never shutting yourself out from the idea of, um, being flexible. I think flexible is the perfect word for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the idea in yoga. It's kind of like one of those cheesy Pinteresty things that you see everywhere, but it's, um, like it's bending. So you don't break. It's Mm -hmm. being adaptable, being flexible, like you said. And then I almost picture like a horse with blinders on when I was younger, I used to go to the horse races because that's what I did. And, um, you picture these horses with these blinders on and they're very, they're very focused on their goal of getting to the finish line, winning the race, whatever it is. But if you are like that horse and you never take the blinders off to see what opportunities may be around the finish line, like it may cause you to take a detour for a bit. Um, but that detour could, could mean the total difference in your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can mean the total difference in your wellness journey. So not being, you know, having goals and that's amazing. We all need them, but not being so so, um, rigid. Yeah. Yeah. Like hellbent. Like, is that the word? Like not being so zoned in that you can't see other opportunities around you. So absolutely love that. Um, I have Mm -hmm. one question because, um, 
I want to be respectful of your time, and I always have a finishing question, but one thing that I want to ask you um, for anyone who may be listening who wants, like, you know, I'm a type A person, so, like, sometimes when I when I leave a podcast or a, a talk, like, I obviously have tons of takeaways, but sometimes I want those, like, one or two things to hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. So you are this proponent of the have-it-all life. Um, you, you've built this. I love the, the phrase that you've coined, but what are maybe one or two tips or suggestions if someone um, wants to walk away from this podcast feeling like they are working towards a better version of themselves or this have-it-all life, um, what are like one or two starting points for them that you could give? Yeah, I love this question. Um, Something that I do with all of my clients that I think everybody should do, Landon and I did this a couple well, maybe about a year ago now. And it was so eye-opening for us. Anyways, we we sat down and we wrote out a happiness list. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I have every client do because it's so eye-opening for them and for myself as their coach, you know? So on a piece of paper, just like a brain dump, everything in your life that makes you happy right now, you imagine making you really happy, you made you happy at one point and you would love to get back to that place, every single thing in the world, you know? And I would encourage you to do this with um, your spouse as well, if you have one or your significant other or whomever. And look at that list and circle the things that you're currently doing and maybe star the top three things that you aren't currently doing that you want to start moving towards including in your life. You know, because we get so wrapped up in weight loss as the end game. You know, I'll be happy when I weigh X or I'll be happy when I look like X. And we forget that, you know, no, you're not. You're just not. That's not how this works, you know? And that's why I feel like so many people um, put the weight back on because they have this expectation of happiness at the end, but they do nothing in the process to actually get themselves to that place. So right from the very beginning, identify what you're doing currently in your life that makes you truly a hundred percent happy. And what are the main things that's missing? What are you, what are you waiting for? Like, what are you, what are you putting off that would make you really happy that you could be doing now, Mm -hmm. but you're using this weight loss as an excuse not to start, you know? So, and then if you do have a significant other overlap your lists, where do your, where do your lists overlap and where do they not? Like, what can you do more of together that will make you both happy and then recognize where you maybe need separation and where you need your own space. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. But just understanding that your end goal isn't weight loss. And if you believe that to that to be true, then your first step needs to be that happiness list. And for you to understand that weight loss isn't going to give you those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful first place to start. I couldn't agree any more with the weight loss example um, because it's an example that comes up a lot in the nutrition mm-hmm. space and how I always phrase it, which is really similar to what you just said. It's like on the parallel line is, you know, constantly placing, um, your, your worth or that end goal on weight loss is just future orienting your happiness. It's fixing Mm -hmm. your happiness, rooting it in a place in the future that you hope to get to. But until then, any time between now and then you won't be happy. So Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a happiness list because a lot of people, um, really, 
work with tangible things and they like tangible things. So writing it down and kind of seeing, you know, what can I do right now with these? What can I start tomorrow? Like in the near future, rather than fixing or totally future orienting my health, happiness, success on this, this future mystical unicorn goal of weight loss. But, Mm -hmm. um, I love that. But Laura, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. Um, yeah, it was so fun. (laughs) I, I like, I've had some guests on before and they've all been amazing, but I, I don't feel like anyone, um, anyone's personal message with nutrition has resonated with me on this podcast as much as, as yours does, but I'm honored. (laughs) <laughs> is, listen, I'm just like totally fangirling you right now. You should see I'm, like, oh, I'm fangirling you right back. So there you go. <laughs> but if anyone is listening to this and they're like, oh, this girl's so rad. Like she's so cool. Um, how can they find more of you? Where should they find you? How can they get into contact with you? Yeah, a hundred percent. So I live on Instagram. So mm-hmm. my handle is just at Laura Pobrin. Um, I usually have my website linked in my bio on there, but it's just www.laurapobrin.com and you can find all my videos and everything up on my blog, on my website. So it's all kind of just curated there for you. So it's in one easy, easy to find place. So those two would be the best for sure. And you do have a podcast. What is a podcast? Oh yeah, I do. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's the have it all podcast. So I am also new to the podcasting game. Clearly I forgot I even had it. (laughs) I was on a friend's podcast the other day and he was like, and you have a podcast, Claire. And I was like, oh yeah, that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I would highly recommend anyone who's listening, go check out her videos. They're hilarious. Um, They will make you laugh. Her podcast too. Um, listen to the first episode of that that I listened to on my road trip to um, Harrisonburg, Virginia the other weekend. So that Aww, was great. Right on. But one last question that I always mm-hmm. wrap up my interviews with, um, and it really plays into my gentle nutrition coaching um, methodology and mindset is um, what are you doing today, Laura, or every day to live a little bit more gently with yourself? In other words, how are you living and breathing and acting in a way that gives yourself space to grow and be who you are and pat yourself on the back for all that you do right? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question so much. This is, um, it's near and dear to my heart. I've been doing this for a while now, but every morning before I jump into email or check my phone or whatever, I meditate and some days it's for five minutes and some days it's for 15 minutes and some days it's for longer. You know, it just depends on what space and time I have that day. But then I follow that up with, um, writing out, some daily gratitudes, a positive affirmation for the day, or just things that I'm really looking forward to that day. You know, it gives me space to reflect on the great things that I have, the great things that I'm doing and the impact that I'm creating in the world and just feel really at peace for a few minutes before I jump into the hectic craziness of client check-ins and emails and all the rest of it. Right. So, um, that's something that, if anybody is listening and feels like they need that space in their life, I would strongly encourage you to try it. It's been a game changer for me. And I do this with all of my clients as well. And even if they're hesitant at the beginning, like, ah, oh, you know, meditation's a little woo woo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, just try it. Cause I totally felt that way too. In the beginning, I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know, <laughs> but it's so powerful. It's so, so great. And it just really grounds you for the day. Yeah. 
I love that. Um, I do something similar and really it's funny how cyclical these conversations always are because what you just offered up there, what you do personally, how you give yourself space, it really ties back into the, the whole idea, um, of the have it all lifestyle, right? Like that is how mm-hmm. you do it. Um, that is how you feel nourished and that's how you give yourself space to zoom out, um, and kind of check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Um, what's important to you today? How are you going to create an impact, but stay true to yourself? So yes. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, thank you so much for gracing us with your beautiful curly haired presence. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. I yes. love your message, girl. I love following you. You're doing such great things. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But for anyone listening, I highly, highly recommend that you go check out Laura's content, her videos, her podcast, the whole thing. Um, it's amazing. And as always, if you're liking what you're hearing here on the Yours Julie podcast, um, please, I'm trying to go to grow this platform. The only way to do that is for you to help a sister out, um, to leave some stars, leave a comment, a rating, tell me what you learned, tell me what value you're getting out of this so that I can continue um, to bring on super cool people like Laura to keep spreading this message and to help you live a little bit more gently with yourself. But until next time, yours truly, Laura and Claire.